headquarters uh, with Colin Grease, one of the two founders of Shoot Proof, which um, I'm really excited about this conversation because I think this is, uh, I only heard about you guys about a month ago um, from someone who was um, interviewing with you guys. And uh, in the description that I got from him, to me, sounded like MailChimp in, in 2008. Um, this kind of growth story, uh, no financing, a few founders grinding it out for a few years and then building over time a beautiful product, lots of customers, you know, cash flow positive, all these kind of good signs, thousands of customers, a lot of growth, and now really leaning into design. So that's what caught my eye was that you guys are now focusing on design. So you're getting to that luxury where you can do that. So, um, and, and you guys have kind of doubled your customer base even in this last year. And I want to get into all of that, but um, how would you describe, just in your kind of elevator pitch, how would you describe uh, ShootProof? Yeah, so thank you. So we help, primarily we help portrait and wedding photographers share and sell their work online. So typically that's an event-based photographer that is a known customer. Think of a, a wedding photographer that does engagements or a portrait photographer that does newborns and families. So we help them uh, with the online gallery. They would share back with a customer uh, as well as the e-commerce sides. They may sell printed products. They may sell digital products to that client. And those customers, uh, we help them do that um, all online. Gotcha. And what? Just quickly, could you just talk about like your your growth trajectory? Like you, you guys started in two thousand nine. Started started with the idea in two thousand nine, and uh, and building the product early early two thousand ten. And yeah, that year we October twenty ten we we found a few customers that wanted to try what we were doing, and, and we were in beta and made a hundred dollars. And uh, since then we've been growing you know, substantially. We um, you know kind of as you mentioned we doubled our customer base in the last uh, in the last year. We we now have uh, sixteen thousand paying customers, uh, photographers. Uh, we're in I guess about thirty countries now. Primarily, it's the United States based, English based countries, the UK, in Australia, Canada, South Africa, uh, Ireland, and so on. But uh, been growing a lot. We expect to do it again this year. So we have a lot of opportunity ahead you know, to kind of go, go beyond just the sharing and selling side for the photographer, the existing customers as well, beyond the new new sort of acquisition of clients that we're getting. So. Dropbox for, I know this probably isn't in the description you guys like or use much, but Dropbox for kind of professional photographers is is, is for a layman's terms is maybe the best way to describe it, right? I would say so, yeah, because both, I mentioned the sharing, selling, sort of e-commerce element of it with the photographers, but also you know, these photographers at some level have a hard drive, you know, and many of them where they're storing the files for customers. So I think beyond just the fact that we also do that for them and have a more elegant way for them to share and have the client maybe download the images that are part of, a, say, a wedding package they purchased, I think our business model is very similar as well to Dropbox uh, in that uh, we simply charge a photographer this software-to-service kind of model where it's you know, the recurring element we have is a monthly or annual fee, uh, but it's related to the amount of storage that they have with us. Um, and there's a freemium aspect to it similar to Dropbox as well. Which, which again reminds me of kind of Mailchimp, right? Like get people in, and, and if the product's great, you know, people are talking about it, and, and that's kind of um, interesting. And I know that's not how you guys, where you base that off of, but it has a lot of similarities. Um, so, because I want to dive into this more, could you just kind of go year by year? Um, like you said, hundred. You said you guys made not not necessarily revenue, but just yeah. where you were at each right. year. So the first year it was you and your co-founder Robert who went to college together. Um, are not photographers, had this kind of idea from, was it your wife? Oh, it was Robert's wife. So yeah, Robert Swarthout and I started the company. It was, it was in 2009. We'd gone to, to school together at Barry College. And several years later, we you know, kind of both met back in Atlanta. And you know, all we knew is we wanted to start a company together. Uh, we knew uh, that was, that was we'd be a good team. And we really felt like it's something we wanted to do here in Atlanta and do together. And his wife, actually, at the time, we, we were looking at a number of things. 
and his wife uh, Roberts was getting into wedding photography at the time, 2009, and uh, she was looking for you know an online solution to share cell print and kind of the things that we've discussed that at the core we do, uh, proofing photographers and sales. And she just they were all either back to the design what we're talking about today, like either the design was bad, the UX was bad of the existing companies, the the business model was bad. They took money every piece they could along the way in terms of their pricing model. There were just a lot of problems we saw and opportunities for us, and, and it was an interesting space. Um, so really it was, you know, in looking into it for her and a need we saw through that is how we got started. So from there, yeah, kind of we, you know, in 2009, we were kind of formulating how, not just how could we do this different. We didn't like their business model in that the, the existing comments that whereas they would say, okay, we take a monthly or annual fee based on a certain feature set. So they, they would limit it based on features. Right. So then in the market, um, your customers are like, well, can they do that or not? Well, let me call them or email, let me email them typically because they don't typically have phone support, these kind of companies, right? Where we do, we have from day one. Um, it's another big difference, but also they just they they vary it by feature set, so you don't know what they can do. Your support has a harder time explaining that. It's more of a sales thing. And on top of that, they would take you know a percentage of your sales. So the photographers, when they sold a print online or a canvas or a product online, um, that company would take typically ten to twenty percent of their sales and still do it today. Um, so we said it, it seemed odd to us that if you were to buy an eight by ten of your wedding you know photo from the photographer that you know, you might, if they're selling it for $60 to you and my photographer sells it to $15 to me, just they're different photographers, that you should pay the on online proofing company, you know, more than more than the printing cost fees of the photographer for that print, where I'm paying much less at 10 to 20% of $15 and you're at 60. So we thought it was odd just the way they priced and it was really more to just get money everywhere they could and that's just kind of how it worked. And so we felt like we wanted to build a business, as you said, more like Dropbox, where it was just pay for storage, have all the same features across all, all the uh, accounts. Um, so it's very simple and easy to develop, and, and, and the software was, was just um, better uh, in that way. So for us, that was a big difference early on, was trying to look at what was there, what we wanted different because we didn't like how it was, and his wife didn't like how it was. Right. And that's how we got started with so the you spent you spent 2009 really focused on the product, the model, and, and just how could we differentiate. And then you launched in 2010? Yeah, and I would say 2009 was really September where that even began, that, that, right. even, that even the thought process of being in the, photo the, the photography space. So uh, we were thinking about what, you know, why we wanted to do it, what would be different was more the, the strategy of thinking behind how we would, how we might do it. Um, in 2010, started building the product. Um, October of 2010, as I mentioned, kind of, kind of a year later from just the, the thinking of it at all. Uh, we had a product. We had a handful of 20 or less photographers we got in contact with uh, that uh, were going to be in beta. And, and that's where the $100 was made from them once they we charged them a little bit of money at that right. point. Um, let me, let me so stop you real quick there. Just during that year, and I know there was a, another year pretty much after that or two after that before you actually focused on this full time. And that's, that's something I really want to focus on a mm -hmm. lot. But... How, like obviously you had another job both of you guys had other jobs so you guys were doing this at night on the weekends and right. whenever you had spare time what was your like motivation was it because it's not like you guys set your mind that we're going to become the next Dropbox. we're out in the valley we're going to raise a bunch of money so what was kind of your motivation to to like come home from your full-time job and work during that year or two so out of school, I won't spend a lot of time in the background, but you know, Robert had a startup that he did go into full-time right after college. Um, he began a company. Um, I went into a full-time job in sales, you know, outside sales, knocking on doors, those sort of things. And, you know, we really, uh, you know, for me, I, I started a company with my brother as well that was doing, like, MySpace layouts, everything like skateboarding and extreme <laughs> sports. And we were making ad revenue, right? There was yeah. no customer that paid us. It was all free for them. So just, just some interesting things that were kind of going on at that time. But, you know, both of us, you know, had it, had it in us to do that. We were starters. We, right. we, we, we enjoy this, uh, um, building a team, building a brand, building a business and, you know, taking care of customers. Like it's, it's fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. And, uh, so for us, 
you know, I think he, you know, he, once he left his startup, he, he wanted a full-time job. He was kind of tired of doing that. I think yeah. I'll, I won't speak for him, but I think he wanted to work at Yahoo, some other, other places too, kind of post his startup, um, was successful. And we, uh, for me too. So on the nights we, we, when we decided we were going to build this together, uh, we just always had this drive to be we're competitive in a lot of things. Yeah. And, um, so we're just a great fit for that. And I think for us, it was working a lot at night. So you think of that first, so that 2010, as you mentioned, um, you know, you, you're working startup hours. I don't, I don't have a definition for that. I just mean like you're working your full-time mm-hmm. job and a lot of hours on top of that. Um, and, uh, for us, you know, we, we did that for almost three years actually. So we, we just put money into the business for, okay, we need, we're going to do a trade show now because there's a large wedding and portrait photography trade show in Vegas and these other places that we want to get our brand out to and talk about what we're doing. And, you know, we had to pay for that. We didn't have revenue to pay for that. Right. So there was some out of pocket money that we had to put in and, uh, it wasn't a lot, uh, actually, but it was, it was before we took money out of the business, it was three years. Right. Um, so what we're doing during that time, kind of going, going back into that, um, 2011, we, um, you know, we were building the product, we were building revenue and, uh, there's just growth and growing features, trying to figure out what was next, listening to the existing customers we had and, and, uh, doing both customer support and strategy, all, all the things it is that you do in a two person. At what company. point, at what point did you get a sense that this thing is, is getting to the point, like yeah. when, was it in 2011 or 12 when you got to the point saying, all right, at some point yeah. where this is going to be, it, our, it, it our, was, yeah, late 2011, I, I think I would yeah. say, I mean, say late 2011, into, into two, as in, coming into 2011. So two years so after say, the idea. Uh, yeah, year and a half after the idea, I would say we knew, I mean, we, we knew, mm-hmm. um, and my wife was helping us. I didn't mention that. I just mentioned, you know, doing SEO and helping find customers because we weren't, you know, we didn't have a brand that was known in this space, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't have a ton of photographers we knew personally that were in the space. So we, um, so how'd you get, call it your first 500 customer? Cause your first 20, yeah. you probably, it's like right. friendlies. Yes. How do you get more than that? You get more than that. Well, we, a number of things. So we, we figured out within Google, what are people searching, right? That's, that's a, that's a great way to start. Cause if they, if they're searching, they're not necessarily going off a friend recommendation per se, that they're trying to find a solution for their business and they're on their own at that moment right. doing that. So, uh, we were trying to decide what, what does what, because there's a lot of searches you could think of too. I'll just use one example, like sell photography online. You got to be careful because Google, if you don't know what you're doing in Google, as you can imagine, Google ads, and you know, in your own businesses, uh, that you can just spend a lot of money and it won't give you a lot of return. Yep. You think it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work maybe because you have the wrong terms, you have the narrative, right? So, so we, we had to figure out, do a lot of research on what, what the people search that mean what we, the kind of customer we're looking for and what the solution does. And self photography online is not it. Because if you're a stock photographer, landscape photographer, you, you, an individual or me took a nice photo, we're going to figure out a sell. There's a lot of people that could be yep. searching that. So we did a lot of research on what does get searched. And then we, once we narrowed down on the ones that mattered, uh, or we believe mattered and found data that mattered, we did both. SEO, a lot of work for SEO, and we paid Google AdWords. So a lot of it was Google uh, early on. Uh, at that time, we weren't doing much with Facebook ads at that time. Uh, it was mostly that, and word of mouth referrals has always been, even from that point. Because if you have 20 customers, let's say it's 20 beta customers, maybe it's a little less, you know, you can have, uh, if don't they each know one other photographer? And then those, so it, it's a snowball within this type of community uh, to be able to get new customers. A lot of it was search and uh, referral. Right. Okay. So, so and, and this is the, the long winded year by years. All right. So, so kind of 2011, you're, you're really trying to grow the customer yeah. base. Um, and then and then just quickly talk through 2012, 2013, sure. kind of to today. Yeah, so 20, 2012, you know, that was the point where where we, you know, we realized that, you know, we obviously knew it was something because you said yeah. that. So by that time, late late 2012 is when we both left our, left our full-time jobs. Um, so that was around October. Uh, and what, what causes that to, to tip? Like... I think I'd asked you guys this when I first met you. 
you know, my thinking was, okay, you said we can at least make something from this. You didn't go down to zero, did you? Or did you? When you went full time? I went full time. We took no salary immediately. Okay. Uh, you know, I, you know, I had my, I won't get into this, but I had my newborn son. The timing was very good for me to just to do it. Okay. Uh, you know, our first child, Robert was at a point in his uh, business where he was ready to jump in full time. We knew, we already knew it was going to happen eventually. Right. Right. So we're kind of at that point. So for but us, you had a few years of history to see yeah. how this, yeah. what the trajectory is looking exactly. like. Exactly. So we knew what was ahead and, and, and what was possible. And we knew we could get there a lot. It needed our full attention. Yeah. Right. I'll just say that. So that's, that's why we did it. It needed it before then, but it needed it then as well. Um, it was, it could have gone fine without that. It never would have gotten where we are today as fast as we got near today at all without having done it when we did. So, so from there we hired our first employee. And you guys started roughly around the same time, right? Yeah. yeah within a yeah. month. Okay. Yeah, within a month. Uh, so, so it was like, we're, we're both doing, we're doing, we're doing it. Yeah. 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 Uh, what, what did it, how, what was that like the first few months? It's gotta be a great feeling because the most frustrating part I think about doing what you guys did is not being able to have all the time in the world to work on it. I mean, everyone that I know who has a side idea, they're like, I can't work on it. You know, during the day, I'm always thinking about it, but I have work, real work to do, and you know, I don't want my, you know. Well, you, you have to want I me. Mean, you have to be willing, as, as you as you know in your business, like to, is to stay up till two or three in the morning to get done for the side business. We call it that. I'm like, yeah. well, we need we need to get done, and that's what we do. And you lose sleep, and you would every every chance you can to find time and meet up together and, and at a coffee shop wherever to do what you can do. Um, you make time for it, and you make it work. And yeah. And so it, it was it was difficult. Um, it can be challenging your family. It can be challenging yeah. a lot of things just when you're. Uh, spending that much time on something that, that isn't bringing a return, financial yeah. return at that time. Right? Yeah. And there's nothing that ever tells you it's going well, to I was necessar- gonna say, necessarily. There's no guarantee in yeah. this, right? There's not. So I, there has, there had to have been times during that period where you're thinking, um, man, this, we're like two years in, mm-hmm. like, what are we doing? Like, we, you know, and interestingly, we, we never get, we never had to point where said, is, is this going to work? We actually never were there. We, we've all, we've all, we've, We've slowly, quickly grown kind of the whole way, I would just say. Uh, that's an interesting way to say it. Well, yeah. yeah we, we, it's yeah. been growing for a while. Just when, when if you, we haven't talked about what we charge, but just so we can talk about this next year, we charge 10 to $60 a month now, right? So it takes a lot of $10, $20 a month to make a living yep. for one person. Two, so you, you have to build a base of revenue and customers that can tell their customers. You know, all the ways I've said we grew early, and, and those are ways we continue to grow as well. Um, it takes a lot of that. So, yeah. so we knew, uh, you know where we were and what doubling and tripling and so on would mean. Yep. So, so looking at, yeah, we, so we hired our first employee just fast forwarding you know, quickly through yeah. the next. So in 2012, uh, we, we knew we support was where we started. We said, look, we're, we're both, you know, to a degree out was more, he was involved in support obviously as well as doing development around the Roberts side. And just quickly, he's a, he's a developer. Mm-hmm. You're kind of a, a marketing yep. front end operations exactly. guy. Exactly. And so, so we knew we were there. So we, we hired our, our first employee in April that year. And, and, the way we found her quickly was just, we said, who's who's using our product now that's in Atlanta, really active on social media, just seems engaged. And, and we found um, uh, Tracy in town who's here. We just called her, not not letting her know we were going to hire her. So I said, um, hey, just notice you're you know, really active on social. Just wondering, we're, we're looking to hire somebody. She didn't know we were a two-person, three-person operation in my yeah. life. And uh, just wondering if you know anybody. She's like, yeah, you know, I'd be interested. I was like, oh, you would. You know, <laughs> you know knowing we wander. So we met her, met her and she somehow believed in the fact we're two people and yeah. three people and so on. So, yeah, so we, we hired our first employee. And then that year, you know, a ton of growth again. Um, uh, so going into 2013, uh, we were we were uh, you know, doing more hiring. So so we're, we're, so you started 2013 with three? In 2013, no, we also hired uh, UX design uh 
we do we stayed involved in the Atlanta community to a degree. You haven't seen a lot of us. Yeah. You just learned our brain. We're not out, haven't been out there a lot, but we um, like startup drinks at five seasons there by Octane. We yeah. met uh, Terry um, UX and Design side. And he was a great fit for all the needs and opportunities that we had at that time yeah. for, for the brand and for the business. Um, and then we found uh, you know a developer, um, front end developer as well to support Robert. Um, so we, we went into 2013, I think with around close to five, I guess it was, um, at that point. And, you know, we grew that year substantially again to the point where we, I think we ended the year with eight employees, I think 2013. Um, and again, about, uh, I think we had 300% growth, um, at that point. Um, and we, we now have just kind of fast forward today, about 16 employees and in a couple of weeks, we'll have 16 on the team. Yep. Um, and as you mentioned, we've been focusing on the, the UI and, and uh, Marcom design side. There's a lot of you know interest we have in the community of finding the right people to be a part of our business and have enjoyed what we're doing together. So, real quickly on hiring employees, did you, being a self-funded, purely self-funded company, was the philosophy to be a little aggressive on hiring employees versus like revenue? So, so you know. If you had five million dollars, you know, a VC, then it's easy. It's a little different how you're hiring employees because you have the cash to do it, yeah. and you're hoping to make it up on the backside. You guys have revenue, right. but did all the rev- did it support every hire? So, w- would you say we'll make the next hire when we get to you know X amount of revenue a month so that we can pay for them, or or we're gonna grow into it? Let's take a little bit of a hit, or let's not have as much cash in the in the bank, mm-hmm. and and we'll hire this employee. Yeah, we all, we always yeah we've always hired when we had the revenue revenue to do it. I mean, we 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 love to have had a, a full time marketing work on the brand. You know, mm-hmm. no individual sooner. Uh, lately, it's just been just finding the right person that's taken to, to, to fit with our culture and our business. Um, and we've done that uh, at least for the, where we're at today. But then it was more yeah when forecasting we use a little software called Pulse App, just kind of a cash flow forecasting thing that Robert and I tinker around in with, with where we'll be. We just we, we already have plans of who, what the next hires will be in end of twenty fifteen and. Uh, we use that to forecast where, where the cash is and when we're ready, um, um, we'll do it. Um, so we could bring on more today, but it's about it takes time to find the right individuals for your for your uh, for your culture too. So, yeah, for us, it's always been we've had the revenue and we've done it, and we've identified who the next levels are. As your customer base grows, as your software gets easier, uh, you, you need less support to a degree, right, per customer. But at the same time, we believe more, and there's a lot of opportunity to make those existing 16,000 paying customers refer the other 16,000 people they know one-on-one uh, over the next year um, and, and some of them many more than that. So we do focus a lot on customer engagement um, as well. So we have no salespeople. It's yep. all, you know, how we grew, we, we've never had a salesperson per se. We don't, we don't, we don't hunt, we, we farm, I guess I'll put it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, by the way, that was another comment that, um, you know, that I had heard about you guys, which, which was, which is obviously the, the one of the best, I don't know if it's a compliment. It's just a, tr- yeah. a reality, a truth of the business. But not having any salespeople and being able to grow to sixteen thousand cus- paying customers is is awesome. Um, so, all right. So now here we are. Whatever, fifteen minutes in, um, twenty minutes in, and now, like, I think the most exciting part, and really why I wanted to sit down, is now that you've kind of told the whole story from from you know you and a college buddy mm-hmm. doing this part time for two and a half years to sixteen employees growing strong, sixteen thousand customers paying 10 to 60 bucks a month. And if you do that math, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's great revenue. Um, and you guys are growing a lot and hope to double again. I think you made that comment to me last time we talked, you hope to do that again next year. But I think what's most interesting is, um, is how you started this company. Um, and I think part of it was just 
dumb luck. You, you, not not dumb luck. It's just you didn't you weren't thinking five years down the road. You were thinking he's a buddy of mine. He has skills that I don't have. Right. We're, we're both driven. We're going to make this happen. And then when you look back on the five years, you're like, man, that was a great way to grow. But when I met you the first time just a few weeks ago, um, and you told me kind of the similar story that you're telling me now, um, when I was driving home that day, I was thinking this this might be the perfect Atlanta company in how it was started, in how it was funded, um, and and the, the just the natural health of it. Um, now, it means that you needed to have two and a half years of incredible like focus mm-hmm. and patience to be working on this at night. But what are just your thoughts on how you started the company? Like, were, were, did you ever think at any point in time, like, man, this is a, this is a unique way of start. This is a better way of starting a company. I'm sure you saw splashier companies mm-hmm. in Atlanta or across the country. And you, and maybe at times you would get, Oh man, I wish we had that money or that would be nice. Or did you just say, no, this is the way to start. Kind of yeah. Or, or all, all along we, we wanted to start it this way. Um, have we ever had discussions about raising money or did, it, did we ever consider what that could look like or, or, or we, we have, we have and did. Um, but we did want to start it this way. You know, we, we, you mentioned MailChimp, you know, a couple times earlier on and, and seen similarities about where they were and what they've done. And we were looked up to their business, honestly, a lot. Uh, we, um, it's not why we started this way, but it was a, it was a good, uh, example of what a business can become when it, when you look long range, when you uh, have dedicated, intelligent founders that build a team and culture, um, you take care of customers, you make your product fun. A lot of things they've done with mail, right? Yep. Uh, we, we looked up to men in that team, and we, you know, we were in the community a little bit to uh, Atlanta Web, Web Entrepreneurs Group around. So we kind of, we, we, we've, you know, we did believe early on we wanted to start it this way. And, we, and we'd seen examples around the country, and there at MailChimp is an example of what it can be. And we've always believed that when you get investment in a company, um, I'm sure there's, we, we, I've never done that personally, so I, I'm not going to speak out of school for it, but I'll just say what we've seen happen to some other businesses is you can sometimes look short range. You can look at the next quarter, the next, and you, sometimes you make financial decisions that aren't best for the customer short term or the business long term. Um, and for us, keeping control of the company and being able to make those critical long term decisions, look, if it's 10 or $20 a month or 30 bucks and so on, as, as we said earlier, we can build enough of them to make it, make it work. And being able to stick to that model, and now you have a base that builds on itself and, and, a, and a product people are passionate about, um, that was very important for us. Yeah. So um, we certainly considered it. Um, could we have gotten where we are faster with investment? I'm sure we could. It would have been different. Um, I'm not sure how much of our time would have been taken toward that at critical moments. We yeah. didn't have a lot of time, too. So it's hard to really say, but I would say for sure we've, we've been behind that. We still are uh, you know, excited we've done it that way. Yeah. So. so then the natural next question, the next probably line of thinking is, that's great. This is a nice lifestyle business. But as soon as a company comes in that's well-funded in this exact same space, they'll wipe you guys out. And and to that, like we were just talking about this right before before the, I started the, the recording, but to that you would say, you know, we've spent well, – what would you say to that? Yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, it would be difficult to do. I mean, I think uh, somebody could come in and have a successful company and spend, you know, spend money and be successful. I, I, I would believe that's possible. You know, build a brand, put money into the right kind of people to do that. Um, but it's hard, you know, I know how we've acquired, I understand how we've acquired the customers and, and why they use us and why they're passionate about our product. And we've, it's very difficult to change someone's thinking about that for something that, uh, you know, is just marketed. It's this, that wouldn't day one or for a while be any better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would take a lot of time to get there. And, you know, we can go to, we go to trade shows, a lot of things, but we don't, 
we don't grow from those. I know how it's individuals making decisions and being referred by people they know in the industry that we've gotten here, and it'd be tough for someone to build a brand that has the history and the, uh, I would just say the loyalty our customers have to us right now, and, and to understand where we're going, that company wouldn't wouldn't be able to execute on that and have a base to take the next leg of the stool to tomorrow. Yep. So I think, yep. well, I think it'd be difficult, but they, there could be someone that would get market share yeah. and be fine. I'm, I'm sure they could, but I, we wouldn't be too concerned about it. So, so to that point, um, are there, you know, you, 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 and I don't, I don't actually love this line of thinking, this kind of land grab yeah. line it, because it, it's almost like a scare tactic. It's like land grab, run as fast as yeah. you can. And it makes, it drives everyone kind of, you know, sprinting in op- opposite directions. But, um, do you feel that your model of how you, how you started, just the way you guys yeah. started works in certain industries and not others? Uh, another, another line of thinking might be that this isn't a some institutional peep investors yeah. might look at this industry and say it's too small right and from the outside and and, and you guys are kind of laughing like ah the dirty little secret is like we haven't even touched right. the amount of customers that we could so so is it either it can't be in land grab style businesses that this works or it has to be in in what look like kind of niche businesses right. Yeah, that's a good question. It's a good, good, yeah, good, good thought. I mean, I, I, I would say, yeah, it can, it can. Our, our, I'll just say for Robert and me, our decision making might be different in a different kind of business, right? Yep. Depending on if that were to happen, if someone were to come in, or if we felt like there's so much runway uh, ahead of this, and that we, we want to do that because someone else will get there faster to the real end goal. Um, lifestyle business is a way to put something. For us, we're, we're, uh, you know, there is a lot of opportunity for people to understand where we're like today. You know, we also make money on printing revenue. So we, we don't charge a commission fee as I when someone sells, but they would pay the same to a printing lab through ShootProof because we can fulfill directly the lab on their orders for them if they choose. Uh, but we get a wholesale rate, right, because we bring volume to that lab that they don't do. So they pay the same with us for the lab. Uh, we, we process credit cards. We, we, we sell you know, music that's licensed through our site. So there, there are other things that with the existing proofing e-commerce side, the revenue, but also their, uh, the, when I say legs of soul, the other things we're working on, and ways for going that are going to make this much bigger within the space. And as you build a team and a brand and, and uh, people that are enjoying what they're doing, there's a lot we can do together going forward. Um, that's uh, there are a lot of possibilities. But so I, I would say, uh, back to could it matter? I think he was a company in town. A friend of ours uh, runs Andy called Call Rail. They just you know yeah. just you know, had an announcement right yesterday. I think that they've taken on some funding. And I haven't I talked to him or you know all the reasons why they've chosen to do that. But I would just say, you know, in the call tracking space and all the things that their business does. Google's gotten into that. There, there are a lot of big players. Is Apple or Google using two large companies? Yeah. And are they going to get into providing a service provide to a photographer this level of the depth? They're not. Yeah. They're just not, right? So I think uh, depending on the kind of business you're going to make, change your thinking. Um, and I, again, I'm not assuming to know all the reasons he's chosen to do that. Yeah. Uh, but certainly it's to grow and develop his product better, right? That, that, that would be part of the reasons behind it. And him believing the types of investor partners he can bring into his company are going to help him do that better and faster and, and, and more than they can do on their own. So yep. will that be an opportunity for us, something we take into it? could be. Uh, yeah. Is that something we're, we're trying to do today? Uh, not today. Yeah. So. I mean, the best time to raise money is when you don't want to raise money. Yeah. I think uh, David Cummings would say the best time to sell a company is when you don't want to sell a company. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so you know, it, it's funny how it's like that. Yeah. Uh, you, you're trying to raise when you're trying to raise money and you need it. It's hard when you don't need it. That is, that's when the opportunities come there. So, I that's one of the things I love about this style of business is is in terms of I, I think the term I, I said said this a lot recently, like a lifestyle business, mm-hmm. which a lot of 
San Francisco VCs would look at this as a lifestyle business. I would say this is a great life. This is this is the, for the founders. This is the best lifestyle. Optionality. You guys could raise money probably in thirty days with very little effort if you wanted to. Um, you wouldn't even have to try very hard. So, so that optionality is the best lifestyle for founders. And I'm not talking about lifestyle like you're sitting on the right, beach all day. Right, right. I'm talking about this is. You know, if you want a founder-driven company, this is what causes that that optionality to be able to make decisions in whatever way. Uh, if you want to really ramp up the business and you feel like a lot of money thrown at it is the way to do it, you could do that, um, but you don't have to, obviously. And having control, you know, having control to let you know. We see opportunities for folks in time handling customers a certain way, or being proactive with existing customers a certain way, or. Uh, attempting a new part of the product in a certain way or, or spending a lot of time on user research with, with a dedicated individual that does that type of thing. There's a lot of ways that you know we can spend time on things that aren't don't have to bring in revenue right thing because we're worried about what's we're not worried about what's going to happen next revenue wise yep. quarter right we're, we're looking long range with everything which overall is making things work um, for our employees and our team and for Robert and me best. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility. But we could. Yeah. Who knows? So. So every founder in the world uh, gives, a, 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 you know, a um, standard answer to this question of, you know, what's your guys' five, ten year goal? It's funny. It's like uh, it's like interview when you, when you interview an athlete after the game, they right. say the same cliches. But every founder is always like, ah, oh, we're not focused on selling. We're not focused right. on anything. We're, we're we want to build the product, and we have five, ten years. So you're probably going to say the same thing, um, just knowing your guys' style of business. Right. But but what is how do you look at like the what's the future of, of shoot proof look like? Yeah, well, for us, we're yeah we're Robert and I are both thirty two. You know, we're I mean, uh, you know, are we, people ask are you going to sell the that kind of lead on is like are you, are you looking to sell the business one day? What, what are you guys What are you guys doing? Where is it going in the next five or ten years? I mean, Mostly we, those are like probably Thanksgiving conversations yeah. with some uncle who doesn't know anything. Exactly, about exactly. But yeah, I think this for us in the next years. I mean, we there, there's a lot of opportunities. I mentioned an existing customer base, so we. You know, we plan to go beyond just online proofing them. There's a lot of things they're doing and spending a lot of money on photographers in their business that we we uh, we're ultimately involved with. The photos get to shoot proof, right? The the end result is there in terms of their finished products. There's a ton of opportunity in how they run their business and the marketing of their of their business um, and in other printed products, albums. A lot of things that we can decide to be a part of and help them with, all under one brand, all thought through together. Uh, whereas other, a lot of them use a lot of different technologies. There's ton, just tons of things ahead of us. So I'd say the next, you know, five. I don't know what the next five, ten years yeah. look like, but I'd say the next next several years, there's just tons of opportunity in focusing on that, and um, in, in acquiring a ton more market share and folks that can't afford some of these other solutions that that are workflow things and very, you know, that as an example, um, because they just they're too expensive. And when I say too expensive, even if they're thirty, forty, fifty dollars a month, some people that's a one. You know, most of our customers are solopreneurs, right? They're yeah. one person photography. Uh, people, right? You know, running a little company. So uh, there's a lot ahead for us. You know, what are we going to do with the company too? I mean, like I said, we're 32 and we're not, do I see myself doing this when I'm 60? I, I don't, I don't I, I can't tell you yeah. much. I'll just say probably not, but yeah. you know, are we looking to sell the company? We're not, we're looking to build a brand and we're really enjoying what we do day to day. Our team, our team enjoys what we're doing. Um, and you guys, and just, that's, that's a lot of what's uh, I visit your guys' office. I mean, you guys are, have built a cool office. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so it's, you guys are really kind of, planting seeds for long term you know exactly yeah we have a lot of fortunately there's a lot of office space in between in, on our floor <laughs> it's not it's not available but we've been uh we've been fishing around where we, we've a lot of growth ahead and where we're in the space we're in uh the galleria so yeah all right so a few kind of quick questions um <clears throat> do you think so your co-founder robert is a, is a developer um obviously a crucial skill in a, in a software company 
Could you have done this if neither of you were developers? It would have been tough because you, now you have to pay for someone. Or, yeah, or, I think I think building this. I think it's po- it's possible. Um, it's possible, but I think back to the what does it take to start a business? You know, the, the founders putting their skills to work. Uh, you know, you'd be putting money to work immediately. And if you think of the amount of time I said it took for us to take money out, that would have been made that part different. Um, I think it would have been possible. You know, my, my brother's a, a designer, and I mentioned we had, had a startup before, and you know, we built a website and did all things we do without either of us being, you know, doing code. Yeah. So it's possible this type of business, it would have been much harder. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I don't know that we would, you know, I don't know. Yeah, uh, we certainly would not have built. I'll say one thing we could have done without would be Amazon S3. We would not have built the business. We could not have got done what we've done, or, or we would not have probably attempted it without Amazon. Yeah, doing our storage with them and the way we've been able to scale with with, uh, with it. Yeah. <clears throat> Another interesting thing, um, you guys aren't a purely consumer business because, you know, if you walk into this coffee shop right now, what percentage of those people could even be customers of yours? Mm-hmm. And so the way I would, you know, coin a consumer business is th- the type of company that roughly anyone can use. Right. Um, but you guys kind of are a consumer business. You have no sales team. The product is anyone can sign up for it. I mean, I have to be a photographer right. to sign. I mean, there's, I'm going to get no value if I'm not right. a photographer. But it's, it's. I, I, I like how it's, it's, it's. I call it almost a hybrid consumer company because I can sign up for it right now. Assuming I'm a photographer, I can sign up mm-hmm. for it online. Don't have to talk to mm-hmm. anyone. Mm-hmm. So that's consumer like. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you you guys probably don't care about what the label is, but how do you think? Yeah, of that? I mean we, we're I mean in a, you know we're officially I would say we're business to business right because yep. we, you know, we the photographer is the one paying us money they're running a company we're running a company but I would say there's certainly what's interesting to you kind of going where you where you are with this is there are a lot more consumers and individuals that use our product right the the end customer looking at the gallery the actual yep. that we built yep. for the photographer that has their photos in it where they're downloading they're buying is is, is individuals and consumers right there so. Uh, we, we we touch both elements of it, and I would just say we we see ourselves as business to business, but certainly um, there are a lot of that, those aspects to it for, for sure. Yeah, kind of a I don't know if I can call it a hybrid, but there's both aspects. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and 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 to to the early the first question about Atlanta startups, you know. Maybe that's an interesting niche for Atlanta startups. These these kind of you know you hear a lot about like the consumerization of like you know enterprise and and you know, maybe that's what this is because to your point, a lot of the, your customers are solo entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. which is kind of a consumer. It's the same way that like you know the VP of marketing at Coke who's making a marketing decision about some enterprise product. They're a consumer too. Right. Like that's how iPhones got into like you know big corporations and all that. So anyway, it's a, it's an interesting line. <clears throat> all right, so I like to end these podcasts with um, some rapid fire first thought that you have um, responses. Uh, so just okay. a few. Um, so, uh, favorite coffee shop in Atlanta? Chattahoochee Coffee Company. Because uh, we're here and because it, it's because you're and, walking and it's my distance. favorite. And <laughs> walking distance, yes. You used to work a lot from Octane West Side. It seems I like at, at, in a previous life you used to. My favorite work coffee. With. Okay, you said you didn't say favorite. You said favorite coffee shop. Yeah, I so did. If I, I, did. If so I bring the coffee, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going Octane West really? Side. Octane. Octane. Okay. And then here I would say favorite coffee shop to be at, enjoying the coffee is this one. <laughs> All right, fair enough. And we're, by the way, we are overlooking the river, even though it's about forty-five degrees. Um, we're <laughs> overlooking outside. the river. Yeah, exactly. And outside. Um, what's your favorite? Inter- you guys have been hiring a lot recently. Favorite single interview question. Favorite single interview question. I think what are, you know. What are you passionate about? Do you like to leave it open-ended, like questions, and let them do a lot of the talking? 
Uh, I do. I do, because I'd like to hear what they're interested in. So, like, yeah. what, what, what drives them? What are they passionate about? What are they doing in their spare time? Like, like what, what, are they, what are they into? What are they, you know, it's, 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 it gets them a little more comfortable and open to talking about who they are and what they do in their life. Yeah. fun. So, yeah. what drives them, so... Okay, what's your what's shoot proofs? Um, you guys are you said sixteen in January. Uh, we will be sixteen at fourteen now. Fourteen Friday will be sixteen <laughs> mid January. Man, things change quick when fifteen <laughs> comes. Um, what's what's shoot what shoots what is shoot proofs um, best kind of culture thing that you do? Is there a single thing? Is there a you know something you do on Friday or is there a retreat that you do every year? Is there a single thing where you say it's the best culture thing we do for the company? One thing I don't I don't have one thing that comes to mind. I just think we're very uh, very open atmosphere. We you know we we have a team lunch every Thursday. It's a cool we, it's, and we don't use the team lunch to uh, we need to work on this thing or we're focusing this thing on the product next week or our deadline for this is coming up. We we don't focus it on the business uh, as much as just letting the team just we bring we bring in lunch. We pick a different place every week. It's in the office um, and just have everybody hang out and get to know each other better. And, and uh, I would say that's the. That that Corpy said, and also we do. Speaking of coffee, we we also bring in uh, talks, which got bought by Blue Bottle. Yeah. So we do bring in coffee. We get them shipped in. So that's a pretty cool moment. Yeah, when the yeah. beans arrive. Yeah, the mornings are good. So we have a good culture. It's fun. Yeah. How much do you uh, how much do you think of like culture now as the company is growing? How much uh, time do you spend on it? How yeah. much money do you spend on it? I mean, it's going to become more. I, I and guess. More. Well, I, I don't know how to respond. I would say we don't spit. You know. Once I think we're at a point now where the culture evolves with the type of people you bring in. Yep. So it's it's we already had they're already the culture exists now. It is what it is. Yeah. And it's evolving. I think us letting it, you know, facilitate money wise, we're just facilitating half coffee there, yeah, have, yeah. have drinks, have Gatorade, you know, all the all the that's things the that it is. Just, yeah, have team lunch. Let, let us time to get together. Let people not work. If you're in support, we need to have set schedules for loyalty yeah. builder type role. But but let the development staff work these different. Just there are things that we do that let people be themselves. Yeah. Um, and as we bring people on, we figure out how they fit into the team and, and uh, let them. Uh, we hire experts. Let's let you know in, for most roles. Or so let them do their job. Let yeah. them be themselves and let them be a part of the team. And we don't, we don't, we don't have to spend spend a lot of time yeah. to make that happen. Now it's becoming itself. Yep. And it's it's cool. And it's fun. Yeah. All right. Last rapid fire question. Um, what's the best camera in the world? Yeah, the best camera in the world. I would say between. I would say probably a Canon, a Mark III. And thought, you're asking a non-photographer, so it's a funny question. <laughs> given given that's the uh, yeah, I would say yeah, I would say a Canon Mark Mark III. Interesting, D Mark III. Yeah. My response would have been the iPhone because it's always my, it's my, always on you. Yes, my my iPhone is. I'm an iPhoneographer, so yes. Yeah. It's pretty amazing you started a business with uh, not being a professional photographer in the space. I mean, that's even more another hurdle. It, it is. It is. But, you know, I think a lot of times, too, there, there are many photographers who have started photography-related services because they saw a need for themselves, let's yeah. say, right? Uh, for things that did or didn't exist. Many times, maybe didn't. But I think there's, you know, not having any preconceived notions of how things should work uh, yeah. allowed us to not not uh, build a one photographer's workflow or, or solution yeah. and actually listen to a lot of people and evolve the product and, and initially started a place where uh, we didn't have those notions coming in. So it's yeah. been fun and uh, we're still learning a lot. Fortunately now most of our team is photographers yeah. so uh, we're, we're moving along. Yeah, yeah. So. Well thanks for taking some time out. It's a, um, I mean you guys are one of the coolest um, stories I think and uh, it's pretty amazing that I hadn't heard of you guys but, but companies like this exist you know in, in office buildings in Atlanta mm -hmm. um, and, and are doing really interesting things so 
looking forward to following your guys' kind of progress over the over the coming years. Thank you. Yeah. Excited about it. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, learning more about your endeavors and uh, getting